Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and my co-host is Dwaylon Davis. Say hello, Dwaylon. Hey, guys. How you doing? And this week, we are going to discuss something that I think a lot of people are already thinking anyway. Is WWE for sale, or will it be here pretty soon? Because there are so many indicators, Dwaylon. Yes, absolutely. Especially the way they're letting talent go left and right i mean just and these aren't these aren't like enhancement talents they're letting go they're letting go former champions you know main event people that they're letting go especially like they let bray wyatt go come saturday you know this past saturday that i was just because like as soon as i saw it i messaged you and i was just floored that they released him especially since he was um he was training for a comeback in this month. Right. He was scheduled to come back this month. And there's been so much speculation. They're saying, I mean, uh, he was depressed about um, Brody Lee, which I get that. I mean, I could definitely understand that one of his best friends, but but that's what they were saying, but it's come out that it was budget cuts. He, He didn't even get a call from Vince McMahon. John Laurinaitis was the one who called him and told him, that he was wow. being let go and it was due to budget cuts. He and, got the he got the uh, that, uh best of luck in your future endeavors phone yeah, call. Yes, that's what we're calling it now. The he got future endeavored. Yeah. You know and yeah, that because even a lot of the, the current WWE superstars um have actually kind of let their opinions be known about it on Twitter yeah. and everything else. And, yeah. you know, they so, said a lot of people are worried backstage because they said a lot of wrestlers are worried because they're like, if these people are getting cut, you know, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no rhyme or reason to what's happening. So anybody could get cut at any time. Right. And, and kind of figures that it's John Laurinaitis doing the cutting. Because yeah. He's had, they've had some issues in the past with, with him kind of killing the morale and so it seems yeah granted you know every everything for us now well i'll I'll, i need to put this disclaimer on probably every episode joylin and i are fans we are coming about this from a fan's perspective but we are very much into the sport of professional wrestling or sports entertainment whatever you want to call it and we have been studying this ever since we were kids even before we knew the nature of it right so absolutely had, yeah exactly you know so so when we say we are smart fans it's not that we know about what's really going on it's just Dwight and I are, are actually smart and we research like yeah we're doing research papers yeah <laughs> and you know and we check our sources well they were saying that um Nick Khan is the president of WWE right uh, they said that uh, from what I've from the research I've done, they said he has more carte blanche to do what pretty much what he thinks is the best financial moves or whatever than anybody else has ever had in the history of the WWE. Vince is and like generally people have to make a decision and then defer to Vince. In Nick Khan's case, he does not. He just does it and it was his call to fire Bray Wyatt, to let Bray Wyatt go because they're doing everything they can to stay in the black. 
Bray Wyatt had a substantial contract. So by cutting it, then that keeps them even further in the black. And I, I got some ideas so they can stay further in the black. But uh, stop bringing Goldberg back and paying him huge sums of money for mm-hmm. a handful of appearances because, like right now, Goldberg is probably making more money per appearance for these hand these these handful of appearances on Raw leading up to SummerSlam than half of the roster is going to make all year. Right, and it's just yeah. He's this uh, is a, a one and done thing. He's there for a month to build a feud with Bobby Lashley. He's going to get beat and then go home with a nice paycheck. Right. And, of course, I'd do the same thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, make your money. But at the same time, WWE is always talking about wanting to build to the future. Well, you can't build to the future when you keep bringing back a guy who was hot 20 years ago. For another company. Almost 25 years ago. For another company. Yeah, for a different <laughs> company. Yeah, because he was never that hot in WWE because no, they didn't no, know how to book him. They right. tried to book him in these, you know, 25, 30 minute matches when that is not his strong suit. It was never his strong suit. He was he was smash and grab. That's right. what was the gimmick. That's what worked. They should have just kept that. The closest they ever got with him was the Elimination Chamber in 2002 when he ran through the whole field. Mm-hmm. But then he gets to Triple H, and of course Triple H had to win. But yeah, that, that, that's how you—that's how you book Goldberg, like how they booked him against Lesnar when he came back. That's how you book him. And I think it was Kevin Nash. He was talking about him. He said, because, you know, because Kevin Nash, he did a lot of booking as well when in yeah. WCW. You know, whether good or bad, but what he, what he actually said was, he said they wanted twenty minutes out of him on a pay per view, but you couldn't get ten at ten from him at a house show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the only way the only way you got 20 minutes out of him is because you had to put him in the ring with somebody that was going to carry the whole match. Mm-hmm. He had to be in there with a sting or a DDP or, you know, somebody's going to do the heavy lifting, so to speak, right. because those guys could work a 20 to 30 minute match. So they knew how to get around his limitations. But there, then there were a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, it's like Sid, but the thing is people always knew how to work around Sid's limitations. They didn't put Sid in 30 minute and 30 minute matches. Right. Sid Uh, was to come in, hit you with some big boots and forearms, hit the best power bomb in the business and go home. Just just keep the scissors out of the ring. Yeah. Just keep the scissors. Keep the scissors scissors in the school supply. Yeah. Just leave that alone. So. But before we continue on, I, I'm going to go ahead and give our contact info. If anybody would like to get a hold of us, just email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's for any kind of feedback. If you have any kind of show ideas, you just want to say hi. Yeah, I just, if you want to say negative, well, I guess you can do that too. But know that I will block you if you start sending us negative stuff. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you can find us on facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram, armchairbooking. You can find us at Twitter at booking armchair you find us on youtube you find us on iHeartRadio, stitcher apple podcast spotify amazon google play and more there all the links are actually in the show description on block talk radio or if you have any other way of listening to this any other kind of platforms because i usually listen to mine on apple podcast but i do listen to the other ones as well just to, just to make sure that the sound quality is okay on those shows and yeah so i listen on uh, amazon music because i have a hmm. i have an amazon 
um, echo in my office. Oh, okay. Yeah, we do too. That's so, that's so weird though. They hear my voice coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also listen for the advertisements and, yeah. I, and that, that is another thing I do have to kind of give a disclaimer. I have zero control. Well, okay. I have extremely little control over what actual advertisements are being played. Uh, only thing I can do is filter out categories and even sometimes that doesn't work. Right. Uh, we are a show where we say no religion, no politics, and during election season, they somehow they slip past the filters by saying, oh, we have this book about so-and-so. Well, ah, me, gotcha. Yeah, to me, that's a political advertisement. Yeah. And, you know, we don't discuss politics. Not right. on the show anyway. Well, and I discuss politics in other ways, but. Right. Yeah, but, you know, but not on the show. And so I, I have heard a lot of advertisements. Some are actual for national chain restaurants. Some are local restaurants. I don't know, Dwayne. You have to let me know what uh, what advertisements pop up for you. Um, yeah. It gets interesting because uh, Kyle used to <laughs> tell me the ones that came up for him. Some of his were local grocery stores where he's at. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that grocery store chain when I was living in Maryland. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're always different. So, I, But I, I have very very little control over the actual advertisements you know so the big news this week in dwelling you know like i said first it was bray wyatt on saturday yeah and even non-wrestling fans were talking about that my wife and my daughter when i told them they were both shocked they said Aren't, they both said isn't he one of the main ones right now I'm like he is yeah that's what i did i told i told i told my wife and both, you know, both my big kids and they all three of them were just like, what are they thinking? Why would you get rid of that guy? Yeah, one of the best characters that they've had for like the past five, six years easily. Yeah, one of the best creative minds, which is what you yeah. need in pro wrestling is creative minds. You don't need just. I feel like Vince is more concerned with getting people with no outside influence or no outside prior wrestling knowledge or whatever so he can kind of mold them into what he wants but like bray wyatt it's like he's readmitted himself so many times gotten himself over so many times only for the company to just put their thumb down and been like well that's that wasn't our plan for you so now we have to bury you because things didn't go according to plan instead of but he but like last year alone he was the highest merchandise mover of any WWE superstar. And he had the high he had the highest merchandise sales for 2020. And you know, that's it, even after you know Roman comes back and starts the head of the table stuff. It was Bray Wyatt number one, and then Roman number two. So it's like the guys come up with the characters that are making you all this money in merchandising. People around the world love these characters, and you still let him go. And to me, if you're trying to sell something and you're actually trying to get rid of it, you would want to almost sell it cheap. Yeah. And that's what it kind of seems. It almost seems like they are sabotaging themselves in a way. Yeah. I don't get it. And then, like, there was a... Um, a media conference call on Friday that WWE had um, 
I don't know what the media, I don't know who the media outlets were. I'll have to look into that. But I know there was a call that Vince McMahon was on and he was asked if AEW, uh, if he viewed AEW as competition. And he said that AEW, he said one, he didn't view them as competition at all, which we know is not true because otherwise he wouldn't have moved NXT to Wednesday night. Exactly. In the exact same time slot. Uh, two, he said that they weren't, but then, you know, he kind of backpedals and he's like, they, they're not the level of competition that WCW was, but you keep feeding them talent and they're mm-hmm. definitely going to be a force. They're already a force. People, a lot of millions of people have already moved from WWE to AEW to, to watch that product because it's, I mean, you compare AEW Dynamite to Monday Night Raw. AEW wins every time. It's mm-hmm. just a much better show. The booking's better. The wrestling's better. And not any fault of the ta- the WWE talent. It's the way they're being booked is the problem. Right. But you've just released Bray Wyatt. And Ric Flair asked for, asked for and was granted his release today. So you have Flair who could leave and go to AEW. Tully and Arn are already there. You know, he's got friends there. He's got friend wrestlers that he's close to there. Um, that's a wealth of career worth of knowledge that AEW gets can tap into if they hire Ric Flair. Even as they just hire him as a talent scout or a backstage agent, what more could you ask for than to learn from Ric Flair? And... Well, the, the weird thing about the relationship between him and Arn, him and Tully, yeah. apparently they've actually, it's been a little estranged for a while. I just found that out fairly recently. Yeah, um, that, I've, I've, I've read that in different places too, that they're not on the best terms, but we know how that goes in wrestling though. That's mm-hmm. always, it always comes full circle. People will fall out and then get back together. And, Especially them, because I mean, they were very very close yeah and you know but i could see them at least you know there's three of the four horsemen i know barry windham is retired only he doesn't want to have anything to do with wrestling now right Uh, i don't know what jj is doing but i know jj he may be kind of keeping a distance from wrestling also because jj has a special needs child you know so i know he's really really focused on that which i you know i can't right Uh, and let's see paul roma yeah um anyway (laughs) no no uh, that ain't gonna happen. But I mean, Flair could be a manager. There's so many guys that could mm-hmm. use that kind of mouthpiece to help them along. You know, not everybody is a not everybody's a John Moxley or you know can cut a a great promo. Some guys need that help, mm-hmm. kind of like Lesnar in the beginning when he had Heyman. You know, right? That was that was really the only chink in Lesnar's armor was the promo and. You get Paul Heyman to do your talking for you. What do you need to do but stand there? Right, just stand there. I mean, I would look good if Paul Heyman was talking. For exactly. Him. Yeah. No, <laughs> Paul Heyman, he is that good. Yeah, you just and, stand there with a the belt on your shoulder and let him do your talking. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. it. And now that Ric Flair is gone, yeah, and Andrade, of course, is also in AEW. Yep. Don't be surprised if Charlotte's out of there. Yeah. She's not the champion right now. Yep. And, and here's and here's another thing, and nothing against Charlotte. I'm not saying she's not talented, but because she is, I do not feel that she's the greatest women's wrestler ever, like they want to push her to be. 
but here's the thing she's rick flair's daughter mm-hmm. how how is she going to fare with rick flair gone from the company are they going to still put as much focus on her as they would have when flair was there That's because i'm good. sure flair had a lot good of question. input in oh, yeah. that oh yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And I want to say Mike Rotunda, I thought Mike Rotunda was already released from the company a long time ago, but I actually read something today that said he's actually still there. Yeah, he got furloughed uh, okay. in this, uh, last April when they started, because they furloughed a lot of the road agents and backstage producers, and uh, they, they ended up bringing most of them back. I wonder how Mike Rotunda feels seeing not one, but both of his sons released yeah. in the past couple of months. Yeah. And I, I, did I read Bo Dallas says he's done, like he's done with wrestling now? I think so. that's what I read. I don't know how true that is, but I did read that he, he was talking about doing something else that he was, I think it's just the impression I got from what I read is that the WWE experience you know, kind of soured him on pro wrestling, which sadly it it does that to a lot of wrestlers. Right. Um, and because I mean, he is he's got immense talent, also. Yeah. And yeah. imagine if both of them though were to go to AEW, or even you know, we always say AEW because that is the bigger, you know, one. Yeah, of the that's rest the of them. that's the one that's on national television and the most those you know that's the second most exposure you're going to get in pro wrestling right. right now uh they could always go to impact they could always go to ring of honor that's true and uh, i think ring of honor I, I think a lot of people kind of sleep on them right now because they're the smallest if you want to call like of the top four yeah they're actually building themselves back up they took they a are. huge hit when all that mass exodus left to form aew you know mm. all you know they had you know you had Omega and Hangman Page and SCU and the Bucks oh, and Cody. Cody, Cody yeah. I think he was the biggest one at the time. Yeah, and all those guys left at once. So then you've got this huge hole in the roster, but they've got some really good talent in Ring of Honor. They, they're still putting on some of the best wrestling in the world. And I think maybe there may be a lot of wrestlers who were just kind of tired of Vince because have you been seeing some of the tweets from um, – Mike, uh, Mike Bennett. Yes, it's it's Mike Bennett. He they had him as Mike Canellis. Canellis, that's the name I was trying to think of. His real name is Mike Bennett. Yeah, and he's been. I saw his tweets this morning. Yeah, and I mean he's 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 one hundred percent absolutely right. Just like Mickey James is was. Did you see Mickey James's tweets about them letting Bill White go? Yes. She was 100% right on that because they, like she said, he he builds this gimmick, gets it over. They take the gimmick, give it to Alexa Bliss, and then let him go because now they have control of the gimmick, not him. Right, right. Just like they had control over Razor Ramon and Diesel. Yeah. I really hope they don't try to come back with a fake Bray. I hope not. I hope they don't. Yeah, uh, I hope they don't want to come back with a fake fiend because it's like, come on. Uh, what I'm hoping yeah. is that 
and I've seen a lot of chatter about it on Twitter. What I'm hoping is that Bray Wyatt does go to AEW and I'd like that. takes over Brody Lee's spot as the leader of the Dark Order. That would fit. That because I, I think that would be a perfect fit for, you know, especially what what Wyndham Rotunda can bring to the table. Right. And I wonder if they, they will actually have him use his real name, you know, Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah. Uh, of course, us old school fans go, Wyndham Rotunda, really? Okay. That's yeah. A, that's a cool sounding name, but, yeah. uh, you know, th- just call him the American Express. That's yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> Or the U.S. Express. Can't call them American Express because there's copyright issues there. Yeah, yeah. But but that's another, you know, with them releasing Bray, Rick Flair asking for his release. And yep. I think there, I think there's more going on there. Um, well, uh, from what I read earlier this morning, a lot of a lot of it boiled down to, like, Flair didn't like the Lacey Evans uh, the, the Lacey Evans thing he was involved in. No, but nobody liked uh, the Lacey Evans. Yeah, nobody liked that. But, you know, he didn't oh. like that. Like, he said it didn't do anything for Lacey Evans. It didn't do anything for Charlotte. You know, it was just right. a, you know, it's just a tawdry thing to do. And it's like, it was pointless. And I think he was just frustrated with a lot of booking stuff backstage. And he's just, because I figured Flair would be a WWE lifer. I figured he would too. And for him to ask for his release, because yeah. I mean, he's on a legends contract. Yeah. So for him to go, okay, I don't even want to be part of that anymore. Nope. I just want to go. I just want to go. There may, there is something else uh, going on with that. Now, Grant, yeah. he, he can go live at his son-in-law's mansion. Yeah. You know, you know, at the Conradison, you know, um, <laughs> but with them, them two plus all the others they released and yeah. i don't did you get a chance to look at the link that i texted to you and it was actually talking about the salaries for 2021 yeah i did yep and that was that article was from april so there are uh some of the names on there who are actually no longer with wwe like ruby riot she's gone um yeah, yeah which was, personally i feel that was a stupid mistake too to, oh to, yeah to get rid of her. i mean one of the best wrestlers you have on the roster should have been champion you know, mm-hmm. in either NXT or the main roster. And my, here's my thing. She was the, be, like, she's a far better wrestler than Liv Morgan. Yep. They kept Liv Morgan. They get rid of, you know, they get rid of Ruby Wright. And, you know, and I'm going to pull up that article right now. In case anybody's wondering, I, I found an article that I sent to Dwaylon. WWE Superstar Salary 2021. How much do WWE wrestlers earn? And this is from April. And when did this was right before one of the mass exits? Yeah, because it was right about the time they did their uh, earnings call with the stockholders. Yeah. Yep. So that's this is why all of a sudden we know all this. Uh, and I can look at some of these. I was actually kind of surprised. I thought they were higher than what I would have thought at the beginning. Like the Miz, the Miz making two and a half million. Okay, Zoff Diggler making a million and a half. Ronda Rousey still on the rare roster? I thought she was gone. She's gone, but they still kept her. They still kept her on the books, and I don't really know why. Because all she did was pretty much crap on wrestling. All she really did was crap on pro wrestling and the fans the entire right. time she's been gone. So I don't understand why they would keep her on the books. Plus, again, it's like Lesnar. 
her name value is not as big as it used to be. Right. And Lesnar, of course, he's the highest paid on here, $12 million. Yeah. But I did hear, didn't his contract expire? He had yeah, not renewed it? contract's expired. Uh, that's why they pulled all his merchandise. So he has nothing. He has no merchandise on the on WWE shop because he's no longer under any type of contract. Okay, that would make sense uh, for John Cena is as eight and a half million now. Cena coming back. How long do you think that's going to last before he goes to make another movie? Just a few months. Uh, from what I from what I've read, he'll be he'll be there past SummerSlam, but just for like just a few months. Because he's got a movie shooting, I think, toward the end of the year. So, and I'm fine. I'm fine with him being back as long as he never touches a world title. Right. I mean, 16's more than enough. It's like, get out of the way. <laughs> Somebody, and, you know. And he's he's one of those guys. He actually really doesn't need the world title to draw in crowds. No. Because there's people that right. they love John Cena. I mean, you, you see that reaction at the at the end of Money in the Bank when he came out. I mean, the whole place was shaking. Yeah, people were so excited, and it's like, yeah, he's he's moved beyond needing the title to be relevant. Right, and you know, so he would, if they are selling, they would want to have him on there because he really is he is the face of the company. Yeah, it, you know, it's not Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar no. is kind of a self professed butthole. Yeah. And so you don't want him representing your company when he yells right. and screams at people and growls at them, you know, to get away from me. Yeah. But, he, but then you have Cena who is still setting, you know, adding to his own record of make a wish uh, visits. Yeah. yeah. They even showed it right after SmackDown. He was sitting there with a kid and I can tell he doesn't do it for the cameras. Right. Yeah. You know, because they're not going to have 650 cameras falling around every time. Exactly. No, he he does it simply out of the goodness of his heart, and I feel like Roman Reigns does the same thing because like there was a clip going around on Twitter. No, I saw it on TikTok. Um, it was at a house show, and Roman and the Usos were I don't know who they were fighting, but they were on the outside of the ring, like you know, catching their breath and everything. And Roman was kind of kneeled down, and a fan had a sign that said. Uh, I love you, Roman. And he looked at her and he gave her this wink and this little smirk and then went right back into character. And I think it's stuff like that. It's like you can tell those guys, they actually care about the fans and right. they appreciate the fans. And like you said with Cena, yeah, if you're going to be selling a company, you need the face of the company there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and as I went through this list, Bray Wyatt, I mean, he's only listed as, as only. I say this only because of everybody else on the list. Only a million dollars. Yeah. To me and you, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I was actually talking to my daughter the other day about what would she do if if she won with the lottery for a million dollars? What would she do with it? And so we're like, wow. I mean, because we can think of a lot of things. Yeah. But, oh, Big Show's still listed on here. There's uh, 850000 That's no longer relevant. Yeah. Uh, were the Bella twins, were they released? No, they're still okay. under contract. Why? I have no clue. <laughs> probably because they're John, John, probably because they're John. John Laurinaitis. Duh. That's right. Mickey James, 300,000 gone. Yeah. Uh, some of the other ones, uh, Lana, 200,000 gone. 
and and here's the thing for us two hundred thousand dollars a year is an amazing amount of money mm -hmm. but then literally putting their bodies on line and staying and traveling away from their families for 300 days a year two hundred thousand dollars is nothing well the bottom four all of them making eighty thousand dollars mandy rose ruby riot of course we know ruby riot's gone yeah. Tamina, which means Tamina got a raise from the $60,000 she was making previously. Yeah. And Liv Morgan, $80,000 for doing what they do. Yeah, $80,000 for a 300 day a year schedule. Right. I mean, th this is why Ruby Riot could only afford one pants leg. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, come on, people. And, and like I've said before, and I don't talk about my own personal finances, but I actually have three different incomes coming in. Yeah. You know, my regular job, my Air Force retirement, and my Air Force disability, I make more than them. Not a lot right. more, but I make more than them with those three yeah. combined. I completely understand because I've got yeah. my I've got my full time job and I've got our business. And right. yeah. Yeah. So but and I don't put nearly the amount of wear and tear on my body that they do. Yeah, exactly. And that's what uh, think about it, like Nia Jax, a hundred thousand dollars. Are you kidding yeah. me? She's yeah. worth a lot more than that. Her, her character, you know, if you want to call it like that, is worth a lot more than that. Absolutely, yeah. But Carmella's at one hundred twenty. Nothing against Carmella, but Nia Jax, I'd put her stock higher than that. Yes. Um, Naomi one eighty. Uh, that's actually, I'd say that's probably about right because you know she got in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but the Usos aren't listed on here. So there's 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 people on here that are are that are part of their employee that are not listed. So, um, yeah. Now I'm kind of curious for what the Usos make, but some of that's actually they're not because they're talking about budget cuts. Some of the names I listed were on the bottom bottom quarter yeah. of the, that yeah, the, one, the yeah. Some of the ones that they cut were not making the big money. Right, and I don't I don't understand how a multi-million-dollar corporation is worried about eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, there's something about those that don't make sense. Um, yeah, maybe Vince didn't. Well, it, Vince doesn't understand characters, you know. But yeah. of course, then again, it may be John Laurinaitis who's maybe saying, "Okay, I don't, I don't like that character. I don't like that yeah. character." Actually, a lot of it is Vince. Vince said he didn't he didn't get Aleister Black's character. I don't understand what there's not to get. That one was pretty straightforward. Yeah, he didn't get Aleister Black. There was there was several people that have been let go in the last year that Vince said he didn't get their character and didn't see them as main eventers. And it's like because you're old and out of touch with what's real. This is not 1987. Right. You know, this is not 1997. You know, it's 2021. You wrestling has completely changed from when you started booking pro wrestling. And I feel like the you know, he changed with the times until he bought WCW and then mm -hmm. he just stopped. Yeah, he didn't feel he had a need to anymore. Yeah, there wasn't a need to. So it's like I'm gonna go back to my mid-80s booking of if you're six foot eight and three hundred pounds. You're a pro wrestler. 
Right. Even if you don't have a lick of talent, if you have the aesthetic, then you're a pro wrestler. Nathan Jones. Exactly. Nathan Jones, great back, great look, great mm-hmm. background story. He stepped through the ropes. He was terrible. Or the there, was enhancement, there was enhancement talent that was better than Nathan Jones. The way Bruce Pritchard always says it, and then the bell rang. Yeah, exactly. Or like, or like Shawn Michaels said about uh, Sid Vicious one time, the most expensive uh, piece of luggage they had on the books. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but, but I think part of this comes down to, and actually the what we were going, what I, what I had actually suggested for the topic of the show, but then all this other stuff started off like, well, you know what? I can kind of roll that this into that. Anytime you're doing like a budget, anytime you're doing a forecast, and the reason I started on this is because um, this is actually what I do now for a living because I'm a right. I'm a business planning analyst, and so we plan out the budget, plan out the forecast. Now we don't, I don't do like five years at a time. We only do a year at a time, and then you know three months, and we we're constantly adjusting it as the year goes by. They had a lot of money that was supposed to come in from the Saudi shows, right. We're talking they're they're saying anywhere between twenty million and forty million a show. Yeah. At least two shows a year. And so you're talking on the low end, 40 million total, on the high end, 80 million total. And now granted, the wrestlers themselves, I guess they were actually getting some pretty good paydays. They were getting like 50 grand a shot just for showing yeah. up over there. Yeah. But those were promised payouts and then they had the issue with the last time they went there and vince cut the feed he cut the paper feed in saudi yeah they owed him money yeah but somebody needed also remind vince hey you do realize this country has a really bad track record when it comes to human rights yeah and you're in that you are literally physically in that country they just they just killed a reporter Exactly. And, you know, not just killed him. They cut him up. Yeah. I mean. And yes. And didn't want to admit it. They're like, well, people are saying, well, look, we saw the guy walk into the, the Saudi embassy in Turkey and yeah. we never and saw never him leave. And people yeah. were walking out with with bags. Of, yeah. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together. And, you know. Right. And so you may not want to do something like that while you're in their country. While and they they held him there. Yeah. They, well, they Vince was him. able to leave. Vince he left was. on his personal jet, and but left the wrestlers there. The right. wrestlers were stuck there. Now he may not have known they were doing that yet. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not um, sure either. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he knew, but he may not have known. And the Saudi shows, that's what I was always thinking, because I was actually going to say the Saudi shows, are they really worth it? But I think that was a big part of their budget that they were planning, and now all of a sudden that money's not there. And plus all the money for live shows, all the money uh, for yeah. not you know, Raw SmackDown and the pay-per-views, and even the, the NXT audience, because it's the same audience every week, but they're very yeah. loyal fans, and they're paying every week. Yeah, And so... Yes, they're losing this money. However, if you're really worried about losing money, cut your biggest 
money spenders, not your lowest. Exactly. I mean, you've got like right now, they've let go of so many talented people, but they're keeping, and not to say these guys aren't talented, but you've got Goldberg on the books. Lesnar's not currently on the books, but they would they would sign him in a heartbeat if he agreed to come back. Yeah, yeah, they would. Uh, Edge is on the books. You've got several part-timers that are, I'm sorry, but you've had your time. I, I You know, mm-hmm. and even Edge, you know, I respect him getting in the shape that he did and making that comeback and everything, but your time's passed. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, these they got to quit bringing in. If they really are trying to build to the future, like they say, then they got to quit relying so much on the past and exactly. move forward. But I think that they're bringing, they have all these, you know, yesteryear part-timers in place to make the company look better, to get more eyes on it, to make it look more profitable. Because NBC Universal, if they are going to sell, NBC Universal would be the logical place since all 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 of your archive footage is on their streaming service. But the problem with that is the same pro- part of what killed WCW is you end up with non-wrestling people producing wrestling shows. Even right now, they can't even get it right. Somebody, no, they can't. yeah, they can, somebody needs to explain to them wrestling does not have seasons. Exactly. I hate. Yeah, I always hate that <laughs> season premiere of Raw or season premiere of SmackDown. This is on 52 weeks a year, people. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it no, it doesn't work that way. And because when I'm looking for certain pay-per-views now, I got to remember, okay, what year was the first one? And yeah. because I know, I know the Royal Rumble, the first one was 88. Actually, SummerSlam was also 88. Yeah. But Survivor Series, I think, was 87. King of the Ring, when they brought it back, was, what, 93? Yeah. And Yeah, the first yeah the first one on pay-per-view, I think, was, yeah, was 93. Uh, right. Yeah. Survivor Series was 87 because uh, that's when Vince pulled that crap with uh, the TV networks to yes. where he, get, he pretty much made them choose between Starcade and... And Survivor Series. And Survivor Series. That's why. That's why NWA slash WCW moved Starcade to December, so that they wouldn't have to compete with, you know, with Vince because Vince was making the networks pick a side. And do you know how illegal that was? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was very. I don't know how he got away with, with doing that. Uh, I think he was more more going with, um. The, the bad way of saying don't ask for permission beg for forgiveness except yeah. for he was just like well once we get away with it the what are they, what can they do yeah what can they do once yeah. it's done once yeah. it's done so but yeah Vince I mean he played hardball and yes he did make himself uh, eventually you know he the the ruler of all wrestling in a way and yeah but that and that's true I mean he ended up being king, you know, king of the mountain, so to speak, yep. at the end of the day. But he did it, and pe- a lot of, you know, and I, you know, I grew up watching WWF, but I was a big NWA fan. 
but you have these staunch WWE loyalists on social media now that act like that everything Vince touches turns to gold. The stuff that did turn to gold was ideas he took from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Vince, Vince is a, for the most part, is a good businessman, but he is not yeah. a good creative mind when it comes to wrestling. Okay, the, no. Yeah, I mean, have you ever read, um, did you read the, it was like the the Rise and Fall of WCW, I think it was like, the, it's one of the books that are all about WCW. Yeah, yeah, I did. Right, and it talked about Vince, his upbringing in Havelock, North Carolina. Yeah. And he went from that, not not even realizing that his dad was Vince McMahon Sr., because he thought one yeah. of his stepdads was his dad. Yeah. And for his dad to say, his dad Vince Sr. did not want him coming into business, but he finally said, all right, there's this failing hockey arena up in Maine. If you could turn it around, then I'll let you have more. Right. And well, Vince turned it around. Yeah. And then he said, okay, they let him have more and more. But Vince did not believe in what basically their code you know the gentleman's agreements they had that said you do not encroach on my territory exactly as soon as his father died he went and he went and ransacked every territory yeah and because because his father had, had had told all the other promoters in the other territories that my son won't compete against you we have this verbal agreement then vince senior dies and mr you know vince jr just ransacked all the other territories and ran everybody out of business which i think i mean granted it's kind of hindsight i think it was a mistake what i think you should have done yes if you wanted to buy their territories great however don't kill them off because what only what he essentially did was he killed off like any kind of local training areas where yeah because they were they were training their wrestlers and you could give them exposure well you may have this one wrestler it's almost like the major minor league baseball systems exactly yeah and he should have just kept them and that's why i I always thought that he never should have closed wcw it was fine that he bought it right but i think we should have revamped it and they could have even been you know put your younger talent over here that you're trying to mold and give them that exposure and use that as a feeder system for WWF. He could have done that, but I, he Vince was too intent on crushing everybody under his heel and being the sole promoter. Yep. And I think part of that was he wanted to prove it, not just himself, but it was kind of a, um, you know, sticking it up the rear of people when probably because it sounded like he was probably bullied growing up. Yeah. Um, because his mom didn't exactly sound like the greatest person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and we've seen this. I mean, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of a stereotype, but when you have people living in a trailer park, things like that happen. Yeah. You no, know, I've lived in trailers, things like that happened. Yeah. And so that's the way he grew up. And so it may be kind of a flip off to everybody back then you know he was yeah. close he was close with his brother his brother who just passed away a few years ago he was close with him yeah. but when he built us up he does he doesn't want any more competition he's like no i'm it you're not going to go to anybody else but yeah. me and that's where yes as a businessman the way he did build this empire is astonishing 
but he's not looking at the he'll he'll look at one big picture, but he's not looking at the the picture beyond that. Yeah, he's not looking at the rest of the museum because when Apple, you know, kind of weird comparison when the Apple company, um, when they were like five percent of the computers in the world. Yeah, but and they were dwindling. It was. Bill Gates and Microsoft who actually loaned them the money to build their company yep. back up. Yep. And of course now you're going, well, Apple, I mean, now they're really, yeah. you know, they, uh, but Bill Gates, I feel like Bill Gates understood that competition is healthy. It is. Plus you had, plus the more, the, you know, the more variety of things that people have to choose from, you know, you end up in the long run profiting more if people have a better choice. If you're the only choice, then people are eventually just going to get tired of what you're selling. Right. And then it's also how you grow the entire industry. Yeah. You, you know, you can't just have it lopsided on this side. You have to, you, you have to have that balance. Cause like you said, that's right. where, that's where the healthy competition comes in where Vince didn't he didn't want any competition because he told Vern Gagne, I don't negotiate. Yeah. Because, and now granted Vern Gagne's ideas were kind of old and antiquated. Yeah, they were, but I mean, it didn't help Vern at all that Vince came in and it's, it's like Vince waited until Vern had grown these stars into big names. And then Vince just plucked them out. He plucked Hogan, Heenan, you know, Ventura, a lot of these guys that had been built up through the AWA. And then, so then he didn't have to do anything once they came to WWF because they already had ready-made gimmicks. Right. He just and, took the gimmick that they had and just put the WWE shine on it and went to work. And there you go. And he didn't even, he was even to the point where even gimmick matches he didn't want to have the same the same rules, I guess, because yeah. of course his cage matches were always well, you got to escape the cage. Yeah. Or, or to me, bell rings, I'm out the door. Bye. Yeah, I'm going out the door. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, what kind of what is that? And yeah. so the cage match was was supposed to keep him in, so there was no running, but then all of a sudden he's saying, Well, no, you gotta you, you know, you have to run. Uh, no, yeah. and, and they've had some good ones like that. Don't get me wrong. When they had um, Hogan and Orndorff, when they had the big blue cage, and that was more yeah. for the cameras. Yeah. No, when they had they had to go to the instant replay to, to see Hogan's foot touched about a half a second before. Yeah, Orndorff. just barely. Yeah, because when I first saw that match, I'm like, well, Orndorff won the title, and right. then but you that that replay, Hogan's like it's like his toe barely touched before Orndorff's did. Right. And one of his other thing, when they had the Falls Count Anywhere match at WrestleMania 10. And yes. that one was so good. And WrestleMania 10 was actually a very strong pay-per-view. To me, it's one of the best WrestleManias out there. That match was not one of the best. That was not one of the highest. No. no. It had this... a funny part, but... Was, yeah. You had well, that's to... because Savage and, Savage and Crush did not have any chemistry. They did not mm -hmm. mesh well at all and it, 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 the savage or one of them tried to pin the other in the ring they're like well no you got to pin them outside the ring and then you got to make it back to the ring 
before the count. Yeah, that is dumb. It's like false. Literally, false count anywhere outside the ring or in the ring. It may, it, you know, it makes no difference. It's like they tried to. They always try to make these convoluted rules, and it's like, like when they did the championship scramble, the idea was a good idea, but the execution was very poor because it's like you have all these interim champions who end up not really being championed by the end of the scramble. Like, right. So it's like, so I'm announced as the current champion, but then this guy gets pinned. So then this other guy is the current champion, but none of that lineage ever went on the books. Right. So it's like, what was the whole point? And Vince has had some business phase because when he, did, he does have ideas, and this is actually something else. He lost money with the XFL. He lost yeah. a lot of money with the XFL, the original XFL. Yeah. Because he was trying to introduce stuff in football that didn't make sense because, okay, we're not going to penalize people for pass interference. Well, there's a reason why that penalty is there because they don't want guys getting crippled because – Exactly. You know, you can't just be, you can't close line a receiver to get the ball. Right. <laughs> and you know, like that. Now they, there was a couple of things they did introduce in the XFL. The NFL actually picked up and I can't remember what the word now. Um, there was a couple of things were like, oh, okay. The NFL was like, okay, that's not a bad idea. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it had something to do with like the cameras and, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and he also had the WBF, the world bodybuilding federation. Yeah. Yeah, that, that went over like which, Martin Church. Which, yeah, which tanked is almost as soon. I mean, it was done before their only pay-per-view came out. Right. And here's my thing. It's like nobody nobody wanted to watch. Nobody wanted to pay 40 bucks to watch two hours of bodybuilding. You could right. have watched, watched it for free on ESPN. Exactly. And <laughs> And that was right as the whole steroid scandal was starting anyway. Yeah, it's like, that is not the best idea yeah. is to have all these muscled up guys when you're already under suspicion of guys juicing. Exactly. And and so later on, he brought back, back the XFL and I actually did watch it. And I was like, okay, you know, there was actually some pretty good action going on there. And, they, and he kept it more, it, it was more like a spring football league. Yeah, and it, you know, I didn't mind that because I actually, you know, going way back, I liked the USFL when it was going on. I mean, I had my favorite team. Uh, I liked the New Jersey Generals. They had Herschel Walker. Yeah, man. And, you know, of course, then they folded because they still weren't the NFL. And, yep. But the new XFL, of course, they were kind of a victim of stuff happening in the world yeah that was they were a victim of the pandemic it's like they were really just getting started when the world shut down so right it's kind of you know that you, you i mean you can forgive that because that's that was beyond anybody's control yeah i mean and i know a lot of people who actually they were keeping up with the xfl they and i i was like okay this thing actually has legs it has traction it's actually going to take a what do you mean a pandemic they're shutting down yeah. And, and of course, I think The Rock he ended up buying the entire league. Yeah, him and his um, him and his ex wife they are business partners, and they right. ended up buying the XFL. What uh, seven bucks entertainment? Yeah, yep. yeah, yep, yep. And you know, but that was more money that's going away now. 
as much as what I like the WWE Network, to me as a consumer, I always told people that is one of the best things. If you're a wrestling fan, one of the best things. Absolutely. 10 bucks a month for all of that content. That's and, like now on Peacock. That's like now on Peacock. You pay five bucks a month for Peacock Plus and you get WWE Network included. And it's like right. you can't yeah. get a better deal than that. Right. And a lot of that though, because NBC, well, they have their own catalog and they just kind of yeah. added the WWE into it. Exactly. And, so there you go. But as far as the WWE, as the company was concerned, they were losing a lot of money. Yeah. They had to have been. Yeah. Uh, even if $10 a month, I think at, there at the end, they had 15 million subscribers. So there's $15 million a month. Yeah. Or yeah, 15 million subscribers. So $150 million a month. Yeah. And you know, multiply that by... Uh, or no, I'm sorry, it was one and a half million subscribers. So that's why it's $15 million a month. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Which is still, don't get me wrong, that's pretty strong. You know, yeah. $15 million a month times 12. So you're talking 60, $180 million a year just based off the network. Yeah. Where they're losing money, though, was the pay-per-views. Because now I'm paying $10 a month. I'm watching the pay-per-view. Yeah. And I still remember that when I got the network, the first pay-per-view I watched was WrestleMania uh, 30. Yeah, yep. me too. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we were texting each other. And yep. then you texted, no effing way. And I was like, dude, you're like five minutes ahead of me. <laughs> 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 so I was like, I mean, because that was, but that was some of the glitches they were having uh, during that. But they were losing, they had to been losing money and they probably don't talk about this as much because yeah they may have been well people are buying the network and they keep adding to the network well they never changed the price of it yeah so yeah they always talked about they always talked about having like price tiers there was going to be like a free version then the ten dollar version and then i think there was either going to be like a 15 or 20 dollar version with right. you know other stuff included and they kept talking about that they even sent out survey emails asking if people would be interested in that but they never did anything with it because as soon as nbc universal threw them a bunch of money they just sold the network yeah <laughs> and and you know they had started that free version yeah um yeah I, I don't remember what all you could do on the free version um i think it was like was it like 10 hours of streaming a month or something like that? Something. It was like real limited streaming, but you, and you only had so much to pick from, but still, I mean, to get you know, new people, you know, especially new wrestling fans in, that was a good way to start. Right. But they didn't really give it a chance. Like I said, first, first big check they got offered, they took it and, and ran because and ran. they're running out of money. And that's, yeah. Yeah, and well, I think that's what it was coming down to. I feel like when you have executives making more money than the wrestlers, you also have a problem because, like, Triple H has his executive contract and his wrestler's contract, mm -hmm. and he's making, I think, a million and a half a year from his wrestler's contract, and he hasn't wrestled in almost two years. Right, and his... Well, his executive contract—that was actually something else in that article. And there was another one. His executive contract—he was only making about um, seven fifty a year. Yeah. However, that does—that's not including 
all the stock options. Right. That's not including so, the stock options, and that's separate from his wrestler's contract, which is the same thing Stephanie's got. Stephanie has mm -hmm. a competitor's contract and a uh, wrestler's contract. So does Vince. And it's like, why are your executives making more money, way more money, than the people who are doing the work? Right. And on the, on the wrestling side, I'm not right. saying they're not doing the, the work on the executive side, but on the wrestling side, you had Ruby Ride over here making $80,000 a year. And you've got, you know, and she's wrestling night in and night out. You've got mm -hmm. Triple H who wrestles one WrestleMania match a year. Maybe the longest, the longest match of the, the WrestleMania longest, too. Always the longest Every match time. on the card. And he's making a million and a half a year to wrestle one match, one match a year. And yeah, it's, it's, that to me, and don't get me wrong, Triple H, I mean, I, I do have respect for him as far as his love and passion for wrestling. Oh, and I did too. I wish he was running the whole thing. Right. I talked, I talked to my brother yesterday, and he said that, because we were talking about the um, same thing me and you were talking about. I was talking to my brother about the possibility of them selling the company. And he said they need to just keep it in the family have Stephanie do the executive stuff, mm -hmm. have Triple H run everything like he runs NXT, and the company would be fine, and Vince needs to go. And they could have, they could tell Vince, look, your pension is going to be in the millions, tens of millions. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, he did. He built that, not from yeah. scratch, scratch, but, I mean, he took it and built, made it what it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'll give him props for that know when to say okay it's time to go it's time to stop you know go. exactly and i don't i'm pretty sure you've heard like bruce pritchard and some of the other ones talk about the schedule vince mcmahon his own personal schedule yeah he only he only sleeps three to three hours a night right if I mean, that. He, he's the first one in the office every single day yeah and he's the last one to leave and it's like you have all these subordinates for a reason. It's mm -hmm. like you're, you're mid seventies. It's like, enjoy your grandkids. Enjoy, you know, enjoy yeah. spending time with your wife. It's like you put in the work. You're supposed, this is when you're supposed to be, you know, these are the golden years where you're mm -hmm. supposed to be enjoying yourself, not killing yourself, working and working yourself into the ground. And I think he looks at the WWE like, it's always going to be his, it's his toy. It's his baby. And I can respect that to a point, but you do have to know when, okay, kids, it's your turn. Yeah. I mean, I look at, you know, me and my wife run a business and I look at it that way too. This is our baby. We built this from nothing mm -hmm. to what it is now, but eventually, you know, kids are going to take it. The kids right. need to take it. I can't, I can't do it forever. Right. And, and, and you also have to make sure and that you've trained your kids. Um, you've got, you've prepared them for that, which he has, Vince has prepared. Uh, yes. And, and Green, I, kids for this since they were children. Right. And Shane has rebelled a little bit. And actually some of those stories are actually kind of, kind of funny when Shane, I guess he was in his late teens, early twenties. He was kind of working for Vince, um, but he ended up quitting working for Vince, and he started working for the landscaping crew 
who was working at their house (laughs) (laughs) because he made he was making more money and he liked the work better yeah and well then he left you know then he you know he was in wwe then he left and he ended up building that big company in china the big media company in china and it was like I think part of that was to show Vince what he could do because he felt stepped over because it was obvious Vince was going with Triple H and Stephanie were going to run the company, you know, after him. And I think Shane, I'm just guessing, but if if I was in Shane's shoes, I'd be, I'd be like, so I'm getting stepped over. So I'm going to go show you what I'm capable of doing. Right. And so basically he did to Vince what Vince did to his dad. Yeah, his father. Yep. Yep. Except for he, he and Vince actually have a better relationship. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, and that's actually something else. I mean, I think if they were to sell, like I said, you know, tell all our listeners out there, we are still speculating. This is what, yeah, you know, this I is do. just merely speculation. This is just how, as a fan, this is, as fans of pro wrestling, this is how it's looking from the outside. You know, right. And we're not the only ones. We see it all the time on social media. Like I said, I've, I've, I've talked to my brother about it. Just looking at the facts and how they've been doing business, it looks like they're they're trying to make the company look as profitable as possible to potential buyers. Right. And so that's why they're being very careful about which wrestlers they are kind of having there because having Cena there, yeah, it's going to make them a lot more attractive. Yeah. And I have a feeling somebody like a Ruby Riot, who her character is pretty wild looking, Bray Wyatt, Ruby Riot and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't ever get married because that'll just confuse yeah. everybody. <laughs> but their characters are actually a little scary to if you don't know who they are, but they could be yeah. kind of kind of scary looking. Yeah. Alistair yeah. Black, same way. Yeah. But but then they take the Bray Wyatt, they take the Fiend gimmick and basically give it to Alexa Bliss. Right. And then they got that creepy doll Lily that they've. Apparently, that thing is like the hottest thing since Sunburn right now. I know. That <laughs> thing is, it's like, why would you want that thing? Uh, but it, it got over. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is nothing against Alexa Bliss because she is an extremely amazing talent. And she she did an amazing job of getting that to work mm-hmm. because when I first saw it, I'm like, I don't know, but she she's made that work, and I give her all the praise. I just think it's kind of crappy just how they did Bray, and yeah, and I mean, and I think they, I think there will be more that will come out about that once his non compete. Yeah, uh, expires and and if he's willing uh, to give an interview about it, because not everybody is. Some people they're like, you know what, it's business and yeah, it's, it's done. And I'm yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, he was already um, because he left his wife when he got JoJo pregnant. Now, are they married now? I mean, I know they've got two kids now, but are they've they got married? two kids together, but I don't know. And I didn't know that JoJo was no longer there. She got released months ago. I just found that out today. They just quietly yeah, released well, her. Well, when she got pregnant the first time, all of a sudden she was no longer on TV, but I think, yeah, she was still with the company. Just Yeah, she was still employed. Yeah, and it's like, then all of a sudden, I noticed she hadn't been there, but I wasn't sure why. 
but then I I found out today that she had been quietly released like several months ago. Right. So I don't know. Maybe they're and they're cutting. We see the one the wrestlers because we notice their absence. Yeah. There's a lot of office people backstage. Oh yeah. They they just went on a. Um, they cut several people um this past week that were uh, a lot of the office staff a lot of the upper echelon mm -hmm. office staff are getting cut and it's like my my thing is if they sell the company what does that how much is that going to affect the wrestlers because you see how when ted turner sold to time warner the time time warner aol merger right he he sold to them a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of mm -hmm. wrestling people lost their jobs because you had people that didn't understand the product and didn't see the importance in keeping these people on the books and it's like i'm afraid that's ex exactly what's going to happen with wwf and Vince saying that AEW is not competition. Vince doesn't, I don't think Vince is not looking outside his bubble and realizing that he is pro wrestling as a whole. Like the attitude error was the most profitable error in wrestling. But right now, wrestling as a whole has more eyes on it because there are more ways to watch pro wrestling now than there ever was before. And there's also more there's more companies to watch than that offer great wrestling than there was, than there ever was before from your, you know, very small independent ones to ring of honor impact, new Japan, pro wrestling, AEW, And you've got all these places who have working relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. Vince is feeding all of this competition which in spite of himself he's growing the business yeah he's just exactly. not growing. he's just exactly. not growing he in spite of himself in he spite is of growing himself. the wrestling business he's just not growing his business right which is he, what he, which is the only thing he cares about so he's not seeing like you were saying about not seeing the bigger picture the bigger picture is he's bolstering everybody's roster making pro wrestling as a whole even better than it was, but he's doing it at the sacrifice of his own company. Right. And he's not seeing it because he's in his own bubble. He's in his own silo where he yeah. doesn't want him. He honestly does it. He honestly wants people to think that no other wrestling company exists, but his even, even AJ styles who everybody knows from everywhere. Yeah. They will not say he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They'll just say he wrestled in Japan. And there have been very few times they even acknowledge any of the companies, even on WWE uh, TV. If they do, it's them trying to put them down. Right. Uh, well, Punk did it with the, with the pipe bomb. Yeah, Punk did it with the pipe bomb. But then they mentioned TNA, but that was them taking a jab at TNA. And right. then they mentioned they mentioned AEW, which oh, who, who was actually that? Billy Gunn, 
Billy Gunn mentioned AEW when they were doing the thing, the Hall of Fame thing, when right. DX went to the Hall of Fame. And then Triple H made the comment about Vince will buy that little company just to just to fire Billy Gunn again. But right. then Sami Zayn mentioned AEW. That's what it was. It was Sami Zayn. In a positive light. But yeah, they very, very rarely mention, they act like that everybody that's on WWE's roster has never wrestled anywhere else, even though, and I feel like that's, they're the only company that insults the intelligence of wrestling fans. And, you know, they have been doing it now for close to 40 years because, yeah, now, yeah uh, because yeah. you know, in the, the the magazines, like the, you know, example, we always talk with the aftermags. Right, yeah. They, the WWEF at the time, now, as far as a business decision, business move, okay, it kind of makes sense. They stopped allowing the other photographers to be at ringside. Yeah. They would only allow theirs. Yeah. I get it, because, I mean, they started making their own magazine. Why would you let your competition come down there so the competition yeah. had to sit in the crowd to take the pictures. And you could always tell the WWF pictures in any magazine because they were always taken for way far back. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was uh, part of it, but the, the magazines, you know, after magazines, they kind of took their own kind of pot shot at them because they said the WWF, they said they always insult the intelligence of their fans. And that was actually where yeah. I learned that phrase, insulting somebody's yeah. intelligence was from the magazines. Yeah. And so they also would not say Hulk Hogan was a world champion in their magazines. They said Flair was a world champion. Martel at the time was the AWA world champion. Hogan was the champion. They said, well, Hogan only, he only wrestles rule breakers he doesn't wrestle fan favorites because that was their terminology for yeah, heels and, yeah. Faces. and so yeah like you said they insult the intelligence they try to act like well they never there, there's no other companies the only time i could think of where they they had to acknowledge something and this is obviously after after vince you know after vkm took over because they used to have wwf champion versus nwa champion matches yeah because rick flair wrestled bob backland when bob backland yes. was the wwf champion and you know of course flair was the nwa champion they yep. uh, they've had those matches flair wrestled uh superstar billy graham when yep. billy graham was champion um, Dusty Harley, wrestled superstar Billy Graham when when and think, Billy Graham was champion. I think Harley race when he gets backland once champion against champion. Yeah, and because the WWF up until Vince f cut ties, the WWF were still some of the voting members for the NWA. Yeah, yeah, they were still yeah and, they still had they were still on the board. Yep. So then all of a sudden, when he wanted to cut ties, the only time they finally would admit by the way, there's other companies was when flair came there in 1991 and yeah. he had, and he had the big gold belt because of all the dealings with Jim Hurd. Yeah. And they still wouldn't call him by name. They just said flair came from down South. Right. And they, the only other time and I keep saying the only other time and I keep mentioning more times, one of the times where a few years later, but it, the NWA was not what it used to be, but they they had the Rock and Roll Express there, and they were calling the NWA World Champions. The yeah, champion, because yeah. they were part of Smoky Mountain. 
Yeah, because they had them, they had Barry Windham, and they had Jeff Jarrett, because Jeff Jarrett was the North American champion. And I can't remember what Barry's title was. Barry had a title, but I can't remember what it was. And then the Rock and Roll Express were the World Tag Team Champions. Right, and that was like one of the only time. Oh, Dan Severn was the NWA World Champion. Yeah. But like I said, but this was, the NWA was not, you know, their glory years were way, way, Behind. Yeah, it was only really a couple years after, but I mean, they they just imploded. But yeah, because you know, I mean, once WCW cut ties with them, it was kind of they had nothing right. left, really. And if the WWE does end up selling, you know, and I can't even say yes, I think it will because with Vince and with the McMahons, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, uh, if it does, but it also it would surprise me if it doesn't. It's a very, very fifty-fifty thing right now, and, and and it's not that I'm afraid of being wrong, but it's just I, I can see both of them happening. Oh yeah, I could definitely see him selling, but I could also see him changing his mind at the last minute. Yeah, and deciding not to. But it's just to me that's the way it's looking, just with everything, everything that's currently happening, and so many wrestlers getting released. It's just, I mean, it looks like that they're just trying to clear the decks. Right. You know, and one of the things that Vince did, which, and he insists on this, their stock has paid a dividend of 12 cents every quarter, ever since they went public. Which, if you're a stockholder, hey, cool, because you know you, you know it's going to pay that. You don't have to sit there and wonder Okay, the company's yeah. losing money. Are going to they're going to lower the dividend? Uh, right. When the pandemic hit, of course, I mean it really hit the stock market, and all of a sudden yeah. you saw oh, some companies. I had some stocks; they suspended their dividends, and they still haven't brought them back. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, example: Cedar Fair. They own Kings Island, um, Carowinds mm-hmm. out of Charlotte, um, Cedar Point up in in up in Dusky, Ohio, and a lot of other amusement parks. They had a really, really sweet dividend at one time, and all of a sudden, boom, suspended it. We're talking their dividend was like 93 cents a share. Oh, wow. Yeah, and now they don't even have a dividend. I mean, and eventually they'll bring it back, but I eventually sold all my stock in them. I'm like, I I don't really have them anyway. It was for the dividend. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) done. Um, But he's insisting on that every time, even during the pandemic, they were still like clockwork, 12 cents, 12 cents, 12 cents. And some people are looking going, maybe you should have cut that also. Yeah. You know, every other company out there, a lot of them, you know, that were losing money. That's one of the first things you'll do is you'll have to suspend your dividend or, or slice it or something. Yeah. And yeah. Another thing for me that, that makes me think that they're going to sell too many of their executives are dumping stock. Like, Yes. It's like there's a like there's a fire sale and they're needing all the mm-hmm. cash they can get. But there's, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, I know last in the last six months, Stephanie and Triple H have probably sold a piece, probably two or three million dollars worth of stock. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and Vince has sold probably twice that much. And it's like, if your company's doing as well as you say, why are you? Why are you getting rid of all your stock? Right. 
And, you know, so maybe there's another indicator that, yeah, I mean, they might be selling to somebody at NBC. Of course, it may surprise us all of a sudden Eric Bischoff, you know, pops his head up and, and he's the secret buyer. You never know. Yeah. I just think NBC would be the logical ones because I think they have deep enough pockets to do it. They're already, uh, you know, WWE is already on USA Network, which NBC Universal owns. Um, of course, SmackDown is on Fox, and they have that multi-year deal with Fox. So I don't know how that would work, but yeah. That's that. That's the only hangup because they just signed that huge, like, almost. You know, they're looking to make two billion dollars in TV, you know, TV revenue over the next five years from Fox, and it's with SmackDown. But if they sell the company, I don't see. I I, I see NBC Universal wanting SmackDown on their network, not somebody else's. That they would have to pay to keep it on there. And SmackDown right now is the best show the company's got. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I was asking. If, if you saw the very end of the show the other night, um, it wasn't just the contract signing. It was the the, the women's match. Uh, I didn't see that one. I oh, missed that. So... Oh, I, did, I take it back. I saw the clip. I did see the clip of, uh, of Sasha coming back. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> The end of the tag match. I saw that. I saw the heel turn coming a mile away. Oh yeah. But especially when they had, especially when they had like five minutes left in the show, it's like, yeah, something's about to happen. And oh, dude, I was jumping off my couch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I told y'all. I mean, they're. I'll give them credit. They're building SummerSlam up to be. Yes, they are. WrestleMania quality, and I'm fine with that because, as one of their big four pay per views. It need it. SummerSlam has needed to be like that because for me, SummerSlam has not been that high quality of a show since 2002. Um, sorry, I just got interrupted there for a second. Oh, no problem. Um, 2002 was when Shawn Michaels came back for the match with Triple H. Mm-hmm. You had this. You had you had Angle and Mysterio opening the show and just about stealing the show. Um, mm-hmm. You had Rock and Brock Lesnar, but after that, it's like it's been one or two matches per SummerSlam that were, you know, that were good. But SummerSlam as a whole has not been that, you know, must-see pay-per-view like it used to be. Uh, speaking of which, because we are actually nearing the end of our show here, I think. We have we've got to do a watch along. That's got to be in order for something. And I think a SummerSlam, not the entire card, right? Because you know we we can't sit here for three hours and watch something. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, a specific match, and we'll we'll talk about it offline because I'll make sure you know I don't want to just stay, throw a match in there and then we both don't necessarily agree on it. But I mean, I do yeah. have some matches in mind that we could do a watch along. So, um, but. On that note, before we go, I do have to give a shout out to the Northern Wrestling Federation. Um, I will be interviewing a couple of their wrestlers in the next uh, few days. One of them, we have it scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, his name is The Swinger. And I've seen him live in, in his matches, and he's actually really good. 
Uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us, Wayland. But I mean, because I know it's such a short notice, and we normally don't do anything on Tuesdays. Um, but if you can join us, you know, great. Um, and so you'll get to yeah, see this guy. I mean, yeah, he is really good. In fact, my son referred to him, is that the nasty guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, his. But I mean, his name is the Swinger. So yeah. But we're trying to arrange that because they're promoting. They're having a big show on Saturday, August fourteenth, in Covington at the Hitsendor Baseball uh, Sportsplex at. 3785 Lake Park Drive in Covington, Kentucky. It is their summer sizzler. And not only do they have matches, but they also have a lot of games for kids. They have fun for the family. It's a it's a pretty huge deal. And, That's awesome. And Roger Ruffin, the owner, uh, and of course, you know, the promoter, he is a former referee from the WWF. Oh, okay. Yep. He trained as a wrestler, then he eventually he became referee out of necessity because they need referees, and then he was a really good referee and, and obviously he moved up to, you know, about as big as what you can get. And, yeah, you know, so some of the, uh, they're, they're going to have a cage match between big mama and Nikki victory. And, you know, some, I'll have to send you this thing and, and you look a lot of these guys up. Some of them like Wildcat, Chris Harris, you recognize that name? Yes. Yes. Yep. America's um, most wanted. Yep. Yep. There's another one is does the name ACE Austin. Does that ring a bell? Yes. Yes, it does. He's going to be there. Yeah. Because Roger Ruffin, he actually trained a lot of these guys. Oh, really? Yes. He, uh, I think it was Carl Anderson. It's either, Carl, it's either Anderson or Gallows. He also trained. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Jillian Hall. That was another one he trained. Yeah. Um, I have been trying to uh, set up an interview with actually her ex-husband, uh, Tim, uh, Tiny Tim is that that was actually one of his ring names. That's what people know him by. And he's actually from the town that um, I'm living in now. And he actually comes to my church occasionally. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've actually got to know him. And his wife is actually friends with my wife. And and I actually got on Facebook the other day. So I'm trying to set some interview time with him. He actually doesn't do social media. So, but mm -hmm. I do have I have his number and I have his email address. So uh, hopefully I'll be sit, be able to set something up with him too. So. But yeah, so a lot of a lot of interesting things happening with the podcast here soon, and so we're going to be, um, you know, obviously we've moved uh, two shows a week now, Monday and Thursday, uh, as long as both Dwayne and I can handle it, <laughs> because we're right. not we're not young anymore, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes life just happens, and you know we yeah. we prioritize family, which we should. So yeah, um, and occasionally I, I will I do know that in a couple of months I'm going to have some work stuff going on, so. Uh, but the, the two times a week actually gives us a little more flexibility, you know, yeah. so if we miss one, it won't be like we just miss an entire week. Right. So, yeah. We've still got another day that we can kind of catch up. Yep. So, but it'd be, I definitely want to give a shout out to the Northern Wrestling Federation for that because they're a very good company. They've actually been around now for uh, at least 26 years, I want to say, at least. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Um, in fact, I want to say that's actually when Roger Ruffin, he bought the company from somebody else, but he, so he's been running oh, okay. it for 26 years and you know, they're, they've actually been featured. I uh, like their training school. Roger, his training school was actually located in Cincinnati. It's called uh, bone crushers. Uh, the, okay. the crushers spell with a K. If, if anybody ever wants to Google that they're actually located on vine street in Cincinnati. He does they, they ever since everything started opening back up, they've been doing shows there about every Friday and Saturday night or most Friday and Saturday nights um, when they're not doing shows elsewhere. And I would encourage anybody, if you're in the Cincinnati area, uh, definitely go check them out when you can. So 
Yeah, Joellen, you need to drive that five hours up here and you need to <laughs> you need to come watch them as well. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Good family, and it's actually a very family friendly show. And they actually they've been making that announcement beforehand. They will not tolerate anybody basically. They say they if you are being disrespectful towards someone else's culture, they actually put up just like that. So basically, oh, wow. yeah. You know, if you're gonna be ignorant, you ain't gonna do it there. Right. You know, so uh, they they also will not tolerate some people jumping in the ring either. I saw that firsthand. <laughs> yeah, God. I mean, yeah. You get what you get if you if you go jumping in the ring with these you know these trained professionals. I mean, you should expect to get what you get. Yep. And I want to say when that happened, it was either Wildcat Cat Chris Harris or Larry D was one of the people in the ring, like one of the wrestlers. Some guy jumped in wearing like a referee shirt and counted one, two, three, and everybody was confused. Like, was this part of the show or right. not? And all of a sudden, security's grabbing the guy. And of course, one of the other wrestlers, pop, pop, pop. He was like, <laughs> into it. that part was awesome. You know, so, uh, but yeah, so yeah, don't jump in the ring because, oh, they will definitely um, yeah. make you regret it. So, but on that note, because we're old, and we need to get to bed. <laughs> because yeah, we got work in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we do. So, all right, Joel, my friend, it's been real once again, and we'll be talking. We will figure out a good match for Thursday, hopefully. All right. All, all right. right. God bless you, my friend. We'll see you. All right. See you later, man.